0: Well, hey there, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is actually episode number 18, and I'm really, really excited to share with you a new interview that I recently did with someone that's going to help us with sourcing, and her name is Nancy Ramirez, and she's actually been doing this for over nine years, but she hasn't just been doing it on a small scale. She's been doing it for large companies, some you may have heard of, like Target, Walmart, Ross, Macy's, and even more. And uh, she's actually working with the agents and the retail stores. So she's actually connecting the two together and taking care of all of those logistics and and things behind the scenes. So she's got a ton of information and she's going to share it with us in this interview. Now, before we do jump into that interview, I wanted to just, again, say thank you so much for all of the positive comments and the feedback and just all of the the warm welcomes and and all that good stuff. And if you're brand new, because I'm I'm noticing that too. I'm just assuming that everyone has kind of been with me since the beginning, you know, since episode number one, but I'm constantly getting people to saying, hey, I just found your podcast today and I'm going through uh, the episodes and I just want to say thank you. So for those people that are just tuning in for the first time or just, you know, just finding the podcast maybe a week ago or so, I wanted to shake your hand. Hey, Welcome. Glad to have you. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun here and you're gonna notice that, you know, I'm gonna deliver as much value as I possibly can. Okay, and I'm gonna get right to all the content, uh, you know, and I don't really beat around the bush. I kinda get right to it. So with that being said, let me do as I always do and I try to share a review from iTunes because I do read each and every one of those. Okay, I'm not just letting them kind of go out there and not paying attention. I do listen to them and I enjoy um, reading them. Uh, I really, really do enjoy it. But anyway, so let me just let me just kind of read one to you and uh, and just share you know some of what's being said, but also just to kind of like highlight some of the people here and uh, and what they're saying. So this one here, I love headlines. You guys all know that. And this one here was Golden Nugget Galore. All right, and it's by Rufus B22. Okay, so Rufus, thank you so much. Scott is doing a great job at dishing out valuable information without a whole lot of fluff. I've listened to the first 8 episodes so far, and all I need to do is go back and re-listen to them when my first product launches. He really packs a lot into each episode. I'm really excited to get the rest of them and absorb even more golden nuggets of knowledge he keeps throwing at us. Thank you, Scott. Keep it up, sir. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? When I hear golden nuggets, I think of like Gold Rush. And I don't know if you guys are fans of Gold Rush or not, but I watch that show and I love it because you're taking dirt, you're sifting, you're finding the gold, right? And that's kind of what I feel like here with this Amazon business, is that's what we're doing, is we're we're kind of sifting through, finding stuff that's going to work. And then from there, digging a little deeper. All right. So thank you so much for the comment and the feedback and the review and all that stuff on on iTunes. If you haven't left one yet, if you would do me a quick favor and do that, that would be awesome as well. All right. So what we're going to do is cut right to the interview. I'm going to stop talking now and uh, we're going to go ahead, jump right in and uh, you're going to be able to listen to this interview and I hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you at the end of this interview. All right, everyone. Well, I've got a special guest today, and her name is Nancy Ramirez. You may have already seen her on a Google Hangout that was done recently, which was a, a long uh, Google Hangout, which she did a great job, by the way, Nancy. I want to uh, thank you for coming on, and I know right now uh, she's in California. I'm in New York. It's 10 o'clock my time, p.m., and it's uh, – what's your what's your time? Are we three hours or two hours?
1: Three hours. So it's three hours.
0: We're going to be we're going to be two, though. We're setting our clocks ahead here pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. All right. So, hey, thank you so much for doing this, Nancy. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: No problem. So, just to give give people a little bit of a background, you've been doing this for about nine and a half years. You're a vendor, really, that works with um, the agents, uh, you know, with the bigger companies like Target, Walmart, Ross, uh, you know, these bigger companies. So, really, today, what you're gonna, I'm hoping that you're gonna help us with, and I'm sure you will, is you know, kind of just like how it all works, right? And you know, kind of so we can get like. A bird's eye view and a behind the scenes view of kind of like what happens and maybe just some tips on what you can, uh, you know, what you can elaborate on to kind of help us get through this process of sourcing products, um, you know, from China. Right. So, um, so thanks again for being here, but yeah, so maybe just give a little bit more of your background so people get a, an idea. And then from there we'll, we'll dive into some of these questions. I got a list of questions that were asked by, uh, by our, our listeners and I want to try to get to them, uh, through this, but I don't want this to drag out to be a two hour show either. So yeah, <laughs> just, uh, just give, give us a little background about you.
1: Okay. So I'm basically the person that works, like you mentioned with, um, the stores, the retail stores and the factory. So I'm the middle, just the middle person. So I send samples for approval to the customer. I follow up on approvals. I follow up on my samples from the factory. Um, so I'm pretty much every day working on a daily basis with both, you know, the vendor and Mm -hmm. the factory. Um, so that's pretty much what I do. And I've been doing it for over nine years.
0: Wow. Okay, cool. And you actually go to China, don't you? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. Um, now are you going to the the fair that's coming up?
1: um I'm still not sure um, okay. you know the factories just got back from Chinese New Year, so I'm not really sure what kind of problems I'm facing just yet, so it just depends on how that goes
0: okay you know what before we get going, give us a little bit of a, of a I, I guess a an idea of what the Chinese new year is really what what happens there you know because I'm curious um I'd like to know like you know, I know it's their big, uh, their big time off, and it's kind of like their time to go back to their families. I'm, I'm assuming. Can you give us a little bit about how that okay. all works?
1: Yes. Um, so what happens is during Chinese New Year, they're pretty much off. Like families um, are looking forward to this event. You know, everybody goes back to where they're from, and by that I mean like these factories sometimes have dormitories so people sleep in the factories or people find um, a place to live that's near the factory so they're not necessarily from the town where the factory is located so before chinese new year they get their bonus and they pretty much leave to their hometown so a lot of factories lose employees and when it's when chinese new year's over They don't all go back to the same factory. So it's pretty difficult for the factories to get back their employees. So that's why there's a lot of problems that happen with production. And, you know, you can't get it complete on time or a lot of different things could happen. So it's just a struggle, you know, trying to make sure that they get their employees back and you trying to get your production in time. Um, So that's pretty much what goes on. And it happens. They're pretty much off for like about. Three weeks, you know, but this year, um, it it felt like longer for some reason because they started leaving like at the end of January and they're not fully back and working until next week. So okay. I know that the agents and the offices are starting to work already, mm-hmm. but the factories not necessarily.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I noticed that too. I had some emails that went out to a few suppliers for some, some new, uh, product that I was looking at. And I noticed as soon as, you know, I think it was the 27th or 28th of February, I got bombarded with emails coming back. So people were starting to come back in, in the office and stuff. So, okay. Cool. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like that, that time. And it was explained to me before by, by another, um, another person that, you know, basically a lot of them leave um, where they live and they live where the factory is or, you know, the, the place where the, the product's being made. And a lot of times they won't go home sometimes for the entire year. Right.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So it's, it's an interesting, um, an, Living situation. An, yeah, it, it really is. Um, so, okay. So now let's just kind of dive right in I'm going to go through these first initial questions, which we, you and I kind of talked about just a minute ago. Um, but let's just kind of go through them again. So what is the role of an agent? Okay. Like, so what is the role of an agent and why should I really have one?
1: Okay. Well, the role of an agent is the agent is sourcing for you, finding factories for you. And the reason why sometimes it's important to have an agent is because a lot of factories are smaller and they don't speak English. So your agent is kind of like, you know, you're the the middle person between you and the factory and they work for you, but at the same time, they're, you know, they're working for the factory and they're getting work for the factory. So they're able to negotiate a good price, you know, for them and for yourself. Um, so that's the role of an agent. The role of an agent is to work for both sides pretty much It's like make establish good relationships.
0: Okay. Okay. And, and so that agent though is working kind of like on a commission basis.
1: Right. They
0: are. Okay. Okay. And it's kind of like here, you know, we've got the same thing here, right? You get a salesman or a realtor, right? You sell a house, you get paid. You don't sell a house, you don't get paid. Uh, so it's, I guess it's the same thing, um, or similar. Um, and, and I guess the reason why you would want to have one is because, I mean, let's face it, you want that person that kind of knows the ins and outs and that can also speak the language. So this way here, there's not that barrier. Um, And now are most of the, uh, and I'm assuming they are, but I mean, how do you really know that you're dealing with an agent? Because, I mean, you know, you can go on Alibaba and just send a request. I mean, are they just all kind of pretty much agents that post on Alibaba, you know, for the company?
1: Well, not, you know, it's kind of difficult to know now, but back when I started using Alibaba, like in 2007, 2008, it was a little bit different. It was a lot easier to find direct factories and it seems like now the company went public and you know there's so so much more supply in there and it's a little bit more difficult to find like a factory that's direct okay so but you know you should know that factories like they're very tiny um in some cases Mm -hmm. and i i just can't imagine that you know they take the time and post you know their their factory information on Alibaba when they're so small and they're focusing on, you know, the workers and completing the orders that all the agents are giving them.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so then when you do go to Alibaba and you see that they, they show their factory and they show the inside of the factory, is that like legit? Do you think, or do you think like maybe they're just putting up some pictures to make you think that it's a big factory?
1: It could be a factory that they're working with. If they're an agent. Okay. Um, Yeah. Because I mean, I've, I've been to different factories that don't belong to the agent, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just... I actually have pictures also, so I've been, and that doesn't mean that they're necessarily producing my stuff there, but okay. it's just kind of to see, to give you an idea of what's going on.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, a lot of the ones I've seen too, they, they show like certificates and they show like, you know, and they have the gold badge and, and I mean, do you know anything about that? I mean, in particular, I mean, when you're on Alibaba, do you have to pay every year to be like a gold supplier and then get that renewed? I mean, do you know anything about that?
1: I actually don't know anything about
0: that, yeah because i I thought I heard that that in order to have the gold badge you have to pay like I've heard it was upwards of like a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a year, and then to maintain that you had to uh you know you had to be in good standing that's it's kind of like a rating system, kind of like Amazon, in a sense, you know like you can leave reviews and all that stuff, so um interesting, but anyway, um okay, so. Okay, so the agent we know is important, and most of the ones on Alibaba are probably uh, agent, and uh, and to find a good one now, that's the next question, right? So what are the signs of a good agent? Like, What is a good agent going to do for me?
1: A good agent is going to be able to source for you. So let's say you're making a particular product with your agent, and you want to get into maybe the same category, but it's like a different fabrication or just a different A different type of product but within the same category Mm -hmm. um it's not something that they've normally done with you so what are they going to do they're going to try to find a factory that can make that for you they're going to try to find you options they're going to try to find you things that are already in the market that are similar to what you're looking for to kind of give you an idea of what this is going to cost you okay so that's what they'll do for you
0: and that's interesting that you say that because that, that's exactly what happened I, I'm working on my third product and it's got multiple pieces to it and a couple of the pieces they didn't make but uh, they had sent me samples of it and they told me that they they were gonna have to get it you know they weren't they didn't they didn't actually manufacture it but they were going to manufacture it but they didn't manufacture it they just wanted to show me what it was going if it was exactly what I wanted and um, and it, it did help because you know I, I looked at it and I go I like it but I wish it had you know this I wish it had a flap Or I wish it had a a snap or something. And then they're able to modify it. Yeah, Um, they are. And
1: and at at least like if you get options from them and you kind of like the idea but you want to change it a little bit, you know, it'll be a lot easier uh, as far as, you know, you don't have to start from scratch now. You can just make adjustments to it.
0: Right yeah i'm I'm feeling better about my agent already she's awesome because <laughs> she's she does all this stuff for me and i I just thought it was like normal but I guess that in some cases it, it might not be so no
1: uh, I, I think you have a good agent I really yeah no
0: I, I like her I, I'm gonna have to send her a gift uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding I will uh, okay so um okay now the third party inspector thing let's kind of talk about that because I heard some people saying it wasn't that expensive uh, I heard it was like you know 250 bucks and they'll go in and they'll, you know, inspect the product and they'll take pictures and all this stuff. Like what's your take on a third party inspector? Should I rely on the agent or should I hire a third party inspector?
1: You know, um, the current company that I work for, we tried that and it didn't really work out because what was happening is that they were showing up at the end when it was time to ship the goods. Like, um, and what we wanted, we kind of wanted to prevent problems. We kind of wanted them to show up as production was going on to make sure that everything was fine. But what they were doing is they were holding the shipment um, until they opened the boxes and went through it. They weren't even going at the pack- when they were packing. Mm-hmm. They were going when the goods were already packed. And they were inspecting at that point. So it kind of didn't work out for us. Um, We were looking for something else. And I know that our agent already has, they're a big company. So they have their own QC team in place Okay. and they go and they send them. And when there's a problem, they, they email us and they tell us, you know, or they'll call us and they'll say, you know, I have this problem. Can you accept it? Or what can we do to fix it? And we kind of have to make a choice based off of that.
0: Okay, and and that's that's good information because some agents, then you're saying, will work for, uh, or, or will be a bigger agency, really, and they may have their own QC team. So that that's interesting. Okay, yeah. okay, that's good to know. That's really good to know. Um, okay, so now moving forward. Now, do you know anything about AliExpress? Is that the same as Alibaba, or is it an extension? What what is that different? how is that different than Alibaba?
1: You, you know. Every time that I'm in China, I like to shop. Um, I don't have time to actually go shop at stores. So I go on this website called tabao.com. Okay. And it's it's similar to AliExpress from what I've heard mm-hmm. um, because my, you know, the factories that I work for, they actually mentioned this website to me. And I think you could buy like a few pieces, right, instead mm-hmm. of a lot. Right. And so... It's good to buy a few pieces, but, I mean, if you don't, I don't think it's a good option, in my opinion, um, because if you're only trying to get a little bit of pieces and air that in, I think it's really not going to be that worth it. I think you have to have, like, a bigger quantity in mind, and you have to have enough to start bigger, because... You know, you're not going to get the price, the best price possible.
0: Sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, I looked at, at uh, you know, AliExpress. And I mean, the, the thing that they make so nice about it is, like you said, you can order 100 units, right? Yeah. And they figure in the shipping and everything is in there. You can pay credit card right there. So it makes it really easy. I think the only thing that I would use that for, and I haven't used it yet, but if I wanted to really just test a product quickly, you know, and get it, and if it was in like a poly bag and all I had to do was put my label on it and I was going to label it and get them up to Amazon and test it, I mean, use it for that because I don't have to really go through a lot of, you know, stuff in order to get the product. But for every other thing, like you're saying, if you're going to order, you know, a bunch, you know, you're, you're probably going to want to go through you know, directly to the manufacturer. Not that that's not the manufacturer, but it's just, I think more of a direct route finding the agent to the manufacturer.
1: Right. Or if maybe you're trying to just buy like a few pieces to kind of check out the product, mm-hmm. you know, if you're just trying to check out the product and see if it works, it's, it's a good way to do that.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the other question is then is on shipping. Because a lot of people on samples, let's say, right? And, and I, and I, it, this, I kind of pull my hair out on this because a lot of people will get all like bent out of shape because they want to charge 30 or 50 bucks to ship something here as a sample. I mean, my, and maybe, I don't know how you feel about it, or maybe there's ways to get around paying that, but I mean, it costs a good, a good amount of money to send from China to here to us in three days. It's going DHL three days usually. Um, and you know, I'm okay spending 30 or 50 bucks for a sample because that sample is going to either bring me in a lot of money or it's going to make me save money by not buying something I don't want. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Or is there any tips to, to get samples without having to pay that?
1: Well, I think once you build a relationship, you know, they they ship everything to you. They'll ship you samples for free. Even they'll even pay for the freight. So that wouldn't be a problem, but the problem is in the very beginning, you have to kind of pay that shipping. Okay. That that's the expensive part. Um yeah. but you have to you have to be proactive. So try to try to take advantage. If you're already going to spend that much money on the freight, you might as well ask them for as much as you can if you need other samples kind of think ahead like of what you're going to be working on for your next project. Or if you want any quality swatches or anything like that, you should ask to be in the same package. Or if you're working on packaging and you need them to submit packaging for approval or, or packaging options or anything like that, you know, try to put it in the same box. That way, you know, you can, you know, knock it out, you know, and yeah. you don't have to worry about spending more money next time.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. And I actually, I just did that recently on, on, the, on my third product that I'm I'm sourcing. And uh, she was going to send another sample, and I said, "Can you send some color swatches? Can you send also a sample of this? Yeah. I'm thinking about doing this because I knew that they had it." And she threw everything in a bag, and it wasn't any more money. It was just I utilized that bag, you know. And uh, the, they're not they're not worried about getting paid for the sample. Technically, they're just they want to try to cover that that shipping, but. I've heard some people say that, you know, they'll charge you for the shipping but then if you do the order they'll take it off of your order. I haven't even asked for that to be honest with you cuz I've just felt like they were giving me a pretty good deal and I was, you know, I felt like I was going to be able to sell it and I did, so it worked out. But yeah, that's that's good information though. I think that like you said, once you build that relationship, it's all about relationships, right? I mean, If you can build a relationship and you prove that you're going to be reordering, uh, you know, like I've reordered with my agent now, probably five times. And every time it's been over $5,000 and, uh, you know, I'm in the process of putting another order together for another product. That's going to be $5,000. And if that works, it's going to be another product. That's going to be getting five. So you're talking 10,000 a month. I'm going to be sending them.
1: Are you paying for the shipping yourself or are they paying for it?
0: Uh, well, for the actual shipment, I'm paying. But for the samples, yes, I, I am paying for my my samples.
1: You, I, I think now you're in a position where you can ask them. You know that you don't have to pay that fee anymore.
0: And and that's a great point. And I, and I probably will do that. Um, I I guess I've just felt as though my agent's been so good to me that I I, I didn't want to do that. But I I think you're right because she's still do. I'm doing repeat business through her. You know, like yeah. every single time. Like I'm the minute she you know she can't really. I think produce the stuff as quick as I want to get it because I'm about a month out and I, I've went from a thousand units to fifteen hundred units. Now my next one's gonna be two thousand units and uh and every time I keep upping it and now I'm adding another product to it that's gonna be about the same quantity and the same price point. So she could be upwards ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month I'm gonna be sending her. Yeah. Um, the, you know.
1: Now now it's the time to and it's it's hard, you know, for the transition, but in the beginning it's expected that you of pay for your samples, but then after that, um, once you have the business and the reorder relationship going it's okay to ask, you know, now I need you to take care of that for me. So. Sure.
0: Sure. And that, and that's great. And I think people listening, you know, listen to what we just said, right? When you're first starting, it's okay to pay that. You know, if you're starting a business, you know, if you're going to invest a couple hundred bucks in samples, that's cheap because it's going to either save your money because you're not going to buy something that's not going to work or it's going to, you know, make you a lot of money. So, <laughs> you know, either way, but uh, yeah, that, that's good information. And I'll probably take you up on that because uh, I think, like you said, I'm, I'm at that point. Um, now let's, that's another good point. Let's talk a little bit about boat and air shipping okay right now currently i still do air um and i do i do it because my product's pretty light and i get it in three days i mean i literally i'll get 1500 units sent in three days um, after it's produced, obviously that takes about 20 to 25 days for the manufacturer to get it, to get it going. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I still do DHL air. Um, I still get, you know, I get through customs without any problems. I pay DHL probably about a hundred to 150 bucks for custom fees. And it's, it's here, you know, at my home office in, in three days. Um, now Bo, I've heard a lot of people saying they're using it and they're saving a ton of money with doing it. My only fear is, is, you know, it takes longer. Um, from what I'm hearing, and you're dealing with freight forwarder, so you got another person in charge, and then from there, you've got a, you know, from it's got to go from freight forwarder to to Amazon. Um, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, air is always more expensive. Um, I don't know, you know, how big your product is. If you have like a pallet or how many boxes exactly you're shipping to yourself, but. No matter the quantity, air is always more expensive. And shipping by boat, yes, it takes longer. Um, but that's why you kind of give yourself enough room. You start ordering, w- taking into consideration that it's going to probably take you like a month to get that good, you know, those goods from the time it leaves China
0: mm-hmm. to the
1: time it gets here. Um, it's more of a longer process. And it's kind of like when you're first starting on Amazon. It, it takes a long time to learn it. But once you start doing it over and over again, it's a lot easier. So
0: So do you have any freight forwarders that you would recommend? You know, do you have any that you? I mean, even if you don't have any now, maybe if you can get them back to us, and maybe I could put a link in the show notes to this, and uh, and, you know, maybe that would be helpful. Because I, I mean, even if there's, you know, I know there's agents that you know, not just the agent there, but you know, there's freight forwarding agencies that will basically you know, kind of hook you up and do that. I know someone right now that just got hooked up with that. I think it was Earth Class Mail, and. He's having a worst time of his life with that that place, and he just heard that they're going bankrupt, so their stuff is kind of stalled there in their warehouse.
1: Oh, I, I do have a friend that's she she's a freight forwarder, and then I I also have people that I work with that I can definitely recommend. Okay, but cool. I, I did hear about you know don't take me a hundred percent up on this, but you know that there's a way to ship you know from China to Amazon directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's my goal to learn how to do that because I, I know how to tell the factories to pack and that's not difficult for me. I've learned that I've been doing that for many years. Um, mm-hmm. So once you teach them how to pack and once you've established a relationship with them and you know, you know, they can follow your instructions fairly okay. um, And you feel confident that they're going to get it right. You know, that's actually Probably a good option for people to try to do, um, because mm-hmm. it, it'll definitely cost a lot, a lot less money if they hand over to the forwarder and then the forwarder just ships directly to Amazon. You never have to see yep. the goods.
0: Yeah, and and I I know there, there's people out there doing that right now. People listening to the show are doing that, and I mean there's there's definitely people doing it. Um, I guess my only fear is with that is is I, I'm I'm a little. Nutty about my quality and stuff And like you're saying As long as you trust that QC there I'm just always worried Like the last batch I got Won't be like this This batch And if it all gets there If I order 2,000 units And it gets up there On Amazon shelf And I don't find it Until after I've sold You know Half of that You know that I'm, I'm in trouble, but I guess that's part of letting go too. And you know, it, it, it's going to, if you can trust other people and that's again, relationships, right? If we can learn to build a relationship with a, with a, you know, a quality control company or the freight forwarder, it all, it's all people touching the process.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and like right now for me, like, like you asked how many I'm getting, like if I get a thousand units, they come here, it's about 20 boxes and the boxes are small. They're only about 15 pounds a piece. Um, and 50 units fit in a box. So mm-hmm. basically, um, for me, you know, I just figured the cost of that air into the total price, and I'm still at about a 45% margin on overall, after I've already paid Amazon all my fees about profits, about 45% on my unit. Um, and uh, I don't know if you heard, I, I don't think I posted it yet, but my, my February numbers for, for 28 days was over 25,000 revenue, but about... Uh, what was it? About $10,000 profit. So, you know, and that's with DHL in the, in that mix. So yes, if I went boat, I would probably save, I could probably get my margin up to almost 60%. Um, but- there is that other thing. you got a freight forwarder, and then from there, we have to make the connection to Amazon, make sure that everything connects there properly. Um, so there's a couple other steps there that I'm not sure I'm ready yet for, <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you, because it's kind of working right now, right? Yeah. Um, but it is nice to know that there's room to improve the margin without really uh, you know, having to sell more. It's really just about fixing the other parts of the process.
1: Right. And it takes time to build that trust. So it's okay for now. You, it might be something that you might consider a few months from now. Sure. So.
0: Sure. No. And, and that's, that's great. It's just, I think it's great to hear that there is still room without me even selling anymore, just making a few modifications. Um, you know, it, it's really, that that's, that's nice to hear. Um, okay. The other question is, is like labeling and stuff. Okay. People have, it, and I'm kind of looking down at my little cheat sheet here because people were asking questions um, when they knew that I was going to be um, interviewing uh, you as a sorcerer. Um, you know, like, so like, as far as packaging and UPC codes and all that stuff, I mean, I kind of know the answer to this, but like, what's your take on that? Like, we all have to have UPC codes for our product because we're private labeling it, okay? So what are, is there anything special that we need to tell them or are we just got to, we just have to basically give them the information and they'll print it and stick it on the package?
1: Well, what I've done is I give them a quality standard to follow and that'll be the standard forever. So if there's a sticker, a, a specific quality that you want, you have them submit it, and once you approve that quality, that'll be the quality that will always they will always follow. And then from there, you know, you just give them the UPC information and the information that needs to be on the label, and they can do it. And the same goes for the packaging. Um, when you're talking about packaging, do you mean the the boxes, like the, or do you actually mean the packaging for the product?
0: I think both cuz there's two different ways and people get all hung up with this too and you know right away they they have their product they haven't even made any sales yet but they want to make this beautiful box and they want to have you know all of this die cuts in it and and all this that's going to take like so much more time going back and forth but okay let's just say that no we're just gonna go with a poly bag we're gonna go with a UPC sticker maybe an insert card right so and that's I'm kind of giving you my little my little thing that I started with it was like a, a nice printed full color insert card in a nice poly bag um, and then it basically had my UPC sticker you know on there um, you know so that process is pretty simple right
1: right but you still have to approve like the quality sure. You know, of every every single component, including the poly bag, because yes. you want to make sure that they're not using the wrong kind of poly bag because that has happened. Yeah. So you have to always make sure that you're asking for all your qualities to be submitted for approval. Then you approve them and that could be your standard forever. Um, but you can pretty much tell them. If you have something different in mind, you can give it to them. You can you can give them artwork. You can give them quality. You can give them a mock-up of what exactly you're looking for and then have them submit one for approval. But just keep in mind that the more complicated you make the packaging, the more expensive it's going to be in the end.
0: Sure. And and now, now give us this here. Now, do most of them outsource that? So they're not making their boxes in there. They're just going to basically outsource it and then get them and then they're going to hand pack it for you.
1: Right. The factory does. It's not even the agent. It, it, the factory handles that part of it. They'll order the box. They'll have the factory order the boxes and the poly bags, everything that they need. But they just need all the information like on the poly bag. Um, do you, what kind of warning do you want? What size? Um, like all that information. You just have to be as detailed as possible mm-hmm. and they can just do it for you.
0: Okay. Yeah. So just be very detailed. Take pictures, right, You know, drawings, yeah. whatever you can do to make it so it's very, very obvious. And I've done that myself. I've actually, you know, made little, you know, little charts and little because sometimes they they don't understand what you what you're saying, but they understand yeah. by seeing it. So yeah. And I've told that to people. Just you know, be as clear as possible, and it'll just cut down any errors or anything. I mean, my agent's been really good. She'll take pictures of everything along the way. I mean, she even sent me something back today for my my third product that I'm I'm getting ready to. To have done. And she was like, you know, the artwork, it's, it's, uh, I I need it a little bit larger. You know, it's not fitting on the card as I'd like it. Uh, Can you make it a little bit, you know, higher resolution? So I had to save it out in a different file format for, you know, so I mean, you know, you're going through these processes, but if you have a good agent, she's going to look and make sure that the quality is up to your standards.
1: Right. And what I actually, what we normally do when we're doing artwork, we do it to scales to make sure that they have the correct size. So do you use an AI file or a PDF file or what exactly are you sending them when you send them artwork?
0: Well, I've sent them all of that. Actually, I've oh, sent them a PDF and, and cause sometimes they want PDF, which kind of to me is cause I'm a Photoshop guy. I've, I've been in photography. That was my, my last business that my wife and I, um, were photographers for over 10 years. But, um, so I'm, I'm good in Photoshop and I can pretty much edit anything I want so I can give it any file they want, but a lot of them want it in like a PDF. And I'm like, mm, that's kind of weird. I didn't think PDF was really printable quality, but for some reason that's what they like. But, uh, I've sent them PSD files, which is a Photoshop file. And I've send them JPEGs, TIFFs, whatever they really want. Um, but like even today, I sent them a JPEG because that's what they wanted, a high-res JPEG. And I sent it to them and they were like, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to fit it on the card and it's not looking uh, clear. And I'm thinking to myself, it's a large image. Maybe they're compressing it or something. They're, whatever they're doing in their design area, they're they're compressing the file. So I, I actually had to resend the file and I gave instructions to, to not downsize it. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, just little things like that.
1: That's, that's interesting because... Um like the factories that I've worked with, all of them have always complained when they send JPEGs.
0: They oh, want really? The,
1: they want the AI file. So I think it just depends on what they're using.
0: So yeah. what what file do they te- do they really want?
1: The, the AI file will get you the right color and the right size. That's why they don't like the JPEG sometimes. Okay. Um, but it, it just depends. Some people could do it. Some people can, you know, they, they might not be able to do it so well. I It's just a matter of asking them what's best for you.
0: Yeah, no. And, and I think it's it's good if they say, well, it's not looking right, you know, because I've yeah. seen the image on the computer, but it's not looking right. So we got to fix this. Um, I think that's, a, again, a good sign of a good agent. Um, make sure that you're happy with, with what you're going to get. Yeah, that, that's good stuff. Um, okay. The other thing is I want to talk about is like, and, and this is a question again, coming from the audience is like, what about infringing on patents? Okay. How do we protect ourselves from that?
1: Well, what we always do and, you know, I've had the same problem like with prints. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to find out where it's coming from. And, you know, if... If you have a relationship with them and you trust them, one of the questions that you might want to ask is, where did this come from? Does this Mm -hmm. have a patent? And if they know, they'll tell you. If they don't know, they'll say, well, I don't know. And I think it's up to you pretty much to find out. In the end, you're responsible for it because you can't throw that responsibility at your agent or your factory. So you have to do your homework as well.
0: Yeah, I, I've done, I've, I've did some, you know, a couple of little searches you can do on the government site, you know, the U S site and you can do a patent search and stuff, but it, it's really one of those fine areas, you know, but here's what I always tell people too. If you're looking at a product that you're going to source, if you see the product that you're trying to source and it says patent pending, or it says like, uh, you know, our patented blend or our patented, you know, whatever, you know, texture. Well, it's pretty much telling you though, that they have a patent somewhere. So to me, I usually stay away from that or I try to make it a hundred percent different than it would, you know, even be interpreted as that product. Um, But I have seen products on on Alibaba that are identical to products that are patented. Um, So you definitely have to do your own due, due diligence.
1: Yeah, I've seen that too. And yeah. so you have to just be careful. If you know it has a patent, you don't want to use it.
0: No, you don't want to get into that. Um, and that also let, let's, while we're talking about that, then I guess, what about, do you know anything and maybe you don't know the answer to this, but this is a question that's been coming up a lot. And I have, this is my own question too, is like, what about any type of like liability insurance um, or or any type of liability coverage that's going to uh, pr- you know help us as a business? Do you know anything about that? I mean, I know you're dealing with like Walmart and Target and they're going to have the, all of their policies, but is there anything that you've heard? heard that people are doing to protect themselves for any type of, you know, any type of product failure or anything?
1: Well, the only thing I can suggest is that, you know, sometimes these factories or agents that we're working with, they also work with other customers. And sometimes they're even using that same product that you're using or a product that's similar. They're selling it to somebody else Mm -hmm. and they might've done testing on it. And if they can just share that document with you and they could say, you know, can you just please give me that test report just so that I have it in my records, Mm -hmm. they they will share it with you. And, you know, you can have it in in your records just, you know, to cover yourself. And it does help many times because different stores have different requirements for testing. Um, They're looking for different things, but it'll be sufficient to cover yourself when you need it.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I guess the other thing is too, like, I mean, what about like, I mean, little things, I mean, do do, do the factories usually know like the standard, like, I mean, I've recently noticed this and and I've just recently did it because I'm my newer product, it's going to be a little bit of a bigger uh, plastic bag. And, and I'm noticing that you have that, you know, suffocation warning on it. Um, you know, and I'm noticing this a lot. I mean, do you, do you think that a lot of agents or, you know, companies kind of know like the written rule and they're going going to, you know, use that or is that something that you definitely should make sure that you look into and make sure that you're up to, up to everything on that?
1: You mean the warning that's on the,
0: on, on the, the bag mobile. itself, you know, cause like, as soon as you get rid of that bag, if you like lay, lay it on the ground and a baby gets right. a hold of it and they suffocate you know, all of a sudden now you're liable for that, or you could be, let's put it that way. But if you had a warning on it, well, then that's supposedly, uh, you know, going to protect you because the person opening it should have gotten rid of it.
1: You know, actually that's an industry standard. Like uh, we always have a warning on the poly bags. And just recently we converted to have the trilingual warning. You know, we have the English, Mm -hmm. the Spanish, and the French. Um, that might be something that's a good worth, point worth looking into because you just don't want the English um, on there. So it's a
0: great idea. Yeah,
1: it, it's not going to cost extra. It's just extra printing. So right. um, you should just request that if you can.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's great. Actually. That's a great tip. Um, I'll definitely, I'm, I'm actually in the process of that. So I will just, I'll contact my agent and have her do that. Cause that's like you said, it's not much extra work. You just have to translate it. Right. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Cool. Um, all right. Now let me just kind of go through a few more of these and then we'll, we'll wrap up. I mean, you've been very, very helpful. And I think this is going to be helpful to a lot of people. I mean, I've learned a lot on this call already. Um, okay. So let me ask you this. This is, again, I'm reading a question here. Um, okay. They're wondering about splitting shipments to get some faster at lower cost and maybe doing half freight and half DHL um, We're not sure if this is common but we hoped to, uh, to sell the supplier on it. what do you think of that about splitting I, I I don't know I don't know what I think about it I don't I don't know if I, I would do that but I mean what do you think if you just wanted to get a bunch quick and then do the rest freight?
1: Um, well, I have done it. <laughs> okay. So it is, it's something very common. Um, again, it's expensive to air, but sometimes you have to do it. Um, but yeah, it's common. It, okay. it, people do do
0: it. Okay. So they do do that. Okay. I would, I would just, I, I guess it's going to depend on the size and the weight of your product. Um, cause I'm looking at mine like right now and I'm like, you know, man, I, I mean, cause isn't there better rates too, if you fill a can- container and stuff?
1: Of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. a loose freight container is more expensive, um, than t- when you get your whole container, but you also have to fill it up and that's a lot of product to fill up.
0: So, Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. So like if I didn't have enough quantity to fill a container, so am I really going to save a ton by doing that? Uh, you know, like, like for me, like, you know, I, my, my, you know, even 2000 units that I'm ordering, uh, you know, is not going to fill up a container. I'm sure. Um, you know, I'd have to I'd have to get probably, I don't know, 10,000 units.
1: Well, I, I know like somebody else that um, they have a wholesale business mm-hmm. and they sell to retail stores as well. And they sell jewelry and they air their jewelry because it's, oh, okay. it, makes more, it makes more sense. So it always depends on the size of the item. But okay. for the most part, it, it's easier for them and it's not that big of a cost difference. So it just depends on the item that you're doing.
0: Okay, okay, and, and that's that's a good point, point. and I think people just starting that, you know, kind of what my process was when I was first starting was, you know, I want something light and small so I could air it without it being a huge expense because I wanted to kind of cut out that part of it, not that I won't go down that road in the future like we were talking, but um, definitely in the beginning, I was just thinking light and small and, you know, so I could yeah. get it here fast, um, so again, just some good tips for people, um, but that's interesting, so some people have done that, and you've done it, and you've, you've heard of that, you know, half freight just to kind of get it order here, quick, but then the other half can go slow. Yeah. Um. On, on both. Okay. Good. Um. Okay. Are there any options that you know of of like USA manufactured products? Maybe any any companies in the US that you know of that uh, probably aren't as cheap? But is there any any that you know of that that we could go to for sourcing product?
1: I actually don't. Like all my experience has been imports.
0: So. Okay. And again, I'm just asking the questions that are, that are on my little page here. So, yeah. uh, you know, but I mean, that's a great question. I think a, it's hard to compete with the price on product, but I know supplements, uh, is, is easier in the U S and I wouldn't buy, so I wouldn't do supplements anyway, but if I did, I wouldn't do them, uh, in China and yeah. bring them here just cause of, uh, you know, all of the regulations and all that stuff. Um, but okay. Um, we, handled, we already talked about handling the risk management and the product liability and all that stuff. Um, okay, I think the other thing was is getting the supplier in China to label the delivery. Um, that's not uncommon, like we just said. I mean, they'll do that very easily. And, and you know what? People, I've, I've heard this too, and this is crazy, where people are getting the product sent to themselves and then pulling it all out of the box and then putting a label on it. Um,
1: people, I, do, people do the legwork here?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I wow. heard I, I heard a bunch of people saying that. And I'm thinking to myself, man, all you got to do is just ask them to print it and label it, and they'll do it before it even hits the box.
1: Yeah. You just um, have to show them once, show them a picture and they'll yeah. do it for you.
0: Yeah. 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 So anyone listening, uh, you know, if if you're even doing that right now, I hope that this right here has said, wow, maybe I should ask my agent if they'll do that because they will. And it's it's cheap. I mean, I don't even, they don't even charge me for it. If they do, they don't they don't tell me they are. They're just building it into the price. Um, but I mean, and, and even like print goods now, and we, you and I talked a little bit about the packaging and stuff, but like print goods, um, like, isn't it a lot cheaper to have them just print it there than to have it brought here and then you having to stuff it in a box and then, well, you know, print it.
1: Well, of course, either way they have to do that for you. And if you don't tell them to do it the right way, they're going to do it some other way. So it's less work for you if you just have them do it the way you need it. And right. they'll do it. So
0: right, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, again, I mean, for here, I mean, in the U.S., if we're having stuff, I don't care. I mean, where you go, but you are not going to have it printed as cheap as you will there, and it's going to be done, packaged, and you don't have to play with it. Um, I mean, just just to give you an example, I had a, a insert card uh, priced for the product that I am working on, and it's like seven by nine, seven inches by nine inches long, front and back, full color, and uh, I think it was an extra like eight or nine cents. Yeah. You know, you. For, a, for a thousand units, you know, for a thousand, you know, pieces. Yeah. Uh,
1: you, you definitely want to do all that in China. Don't do yeah. it here.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and I'll tell you what, I've gotten the quality and the quality looks good. So, I mean, you know, they're not, they're not chancing on, on the quality, the paper, the heavy, it was a heavier card stock, you know, and cause that, that was one thing that I, I tell people um, is that, you know, if, if you don't want to go with a box right away, which I don't recommend, especially when you're first starting, but you know, just, have you know, have a, a nice insert card designed, and then the the plastic bag can be tight, conformed to it, and it can almost look like your packaging. You know, it gives it a nice look, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, look look at it in Walmart or, or or Target. If you see like a little poly bag, and then you'll see like the header cardboard thing that it hangs on the little, you know, the the little stem there that comes out that you hang your stuff on. I mean, all that is is a poly bag with a nice, you know, piece of cardboard that's folded, that's printed and stapled. Right. right. You know, so.
1: And, it, and if you're not happy with it, you can always request a new one. So sure. it, it doesn't mean that it's going to come out perfect the first time. It might take a couple of times, but you know the goal is to make sure that you're happy with it. And if you're just telling them to not do it in China just because you don't like the first, you don't you don't like it the first time, you know, request it again. It's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with it.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, and that's the one thing I have to say. They're very, very uh, good about uh, you know taking that, that criticism or whatever, and, and then trying to make it right. Um, and I think that's a good sign of a good agent too. And I think that's one other thing I wanted to ask you too, like, you know, what are the signs and we kind of going back here a little bit, cause I, I kind of skipped over that, but like, you know, what are the signs of a, of a good agent? One that, you know, kind of communicates really well with you or gets back to you on time. I mean, what are things that, that you would say that would make them a good agent that are willing to do these things? I mean, and, and if they don't like, how do you weed them out?
1: Well, you, you have to make sure you get your answers. Like somebody that's avoiding you, that doesn't answer you within a day, or that you can't get a hold of, those are all red flags. You don't wanna work with someone like that. Um, you wanna make sure that they're available and that if you're not happy with something or you don't like a specific quality, that they're they're able to work with you, that they're able to get back to you fast enough. Um That they don't lie to you about delivery dates or about when your goods are gonna be ready. Those are all signs of red flags. So.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, good, good. Those are good points. Okay, one last question. And this has to do with like the, the, it's the Canton Fair that's coming up, right? Is that how you say it? Is it the Canton Fair? Yeah. Okay, that one's coming up. I have a friend that's going to that right now, going there for a month, and uh, and then I have another guy that I interviewed actually this morning, which uh, should be on the podcast in about another two or three episodes, because I'm about, I don't know, two or three episodes ahead. Um, but uh, yeah, he's going to he's going to China too, but he's going to a whole other spot. He's not even going to a fair. He's just going to with another guy that knows his way around, and they're just going to go kind of hit these factories randomly. Um, so let me ask you, um, what's the advantages of going there? And 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 uh, you know, basically, one going to like a place like the Canton Fair, and then what's the advantages of just meeting these you know and going to the factories and, and kind of walking through it and, and doing this t- this sort of stuff?
1: So let's say you're somebody that has no relationships at all in China, and you want to go to China to build relationships. You can't just hop on a plane and just walk around and find a factory or sure. a company. The the best way to do it is. Going to a fair, okay. um, it doesn't necessarily have to be that one. There's many kinds, but this is a really huge fair, and the reason I recommend to go to it is because you can find any product that you're looking for, and or if you're looking to manufacture anything at all, um, you can go with your products you know, make sure you shop retail stores in the United States. Um, You find the qualities and the type of items that you're looking for. You take them with you. And if somebody makes that kind of, or a similar product, Mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. you know, you start getting quotes right then and there, you start getting quotes on their products, on your products, on everything. And at least, you know, you're meeting face to face. You can write this information down. You can go through 20 40 of them and get different quotes right then and there and you can start building relationships but if if you don't know your way around China or you don't know anybody over there there's really no other way to do it so yeah that,
0: no that's good
1: so that's why i would recommend to do it but again if you don't what if you don't have the money then right, that's right yeah.
0: Now, now, what kind of do you know this? Do you, what kind of fee is it to go to a fair like that? Is there a fee to get in, or do you just anybody can go? Is it just getting there?
1: Well, if there's, um, if you get an invitation from, you know, one of your suppliers that will be there. Yeah. Um, you there is no fee. Okay. So that's a good thing, and I think even if there is a fee, it's it's a very minimal fee. I okay, like maybe twenty dollars or something like that. I forgot.
0: Okay, and then I'm assuming there's, like, you know, lodging and stuff like that around that area that it's at?
1: Yeah, it's actually a huge um, city. Okay. Think of it like like New York, maybe, or Mm -hmm. Chicago, something like that. Okay. And, yeah, and it's very easy to get around.
0: Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Like I said, I've got a a friend that's going there, and um, and he's actually... uh, you know he's going to be there for a month, and uh, it's wow. it's going to be amazing. And he's uh he's going to be sharing a lot of that uh, that with me. So I'm I'm excited for him, but I'm also excited because uh, you know I can give him a, a list of what I want to look for. So uh, <laughs> it'd be kind of cool, you know. But uh, it's really interesting on how that works. So really, you can go there and and find a supplier uh, or suppliers, I should say, get their information and strike that relationship right there. Now, are these people that are at these like are they like booths where like you're walking around and you're. Like this, this place makes kitchen supplies, this place makes sporting goods, this, that and the other thing. And like, are you going there and you've, you've got people that are English speaking agents that are sitting there or is it actually someone representing the the company? How does that work?
1: Well, it's somebody representing the company and actually agents also go there. You know, they put a booth and you could just meet all kinds of people. And that's the good thing that they'll send those that speak English and they're able to communicate with people. So it won't be that difficult. Okay. Cause a lot of people that do work at factories and with agents, they, they, they can type English. They can get by writing emails, but if you try to call them, they don't, they don't really know how to answer you.
0: Okay. So, okay. And that's interesting. That's, that's great though. Um, so if someone gets a chance and you're, you're getting to that level, um, I think that's going to definitely be on my list of places to go in the next couple of years, myself personally, just for the experience, but also, you know, to shop. But I think that would be very, very cool, um, to to do.
1: Yeah. It's definitely a great, great, great way to source.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds really good. So, and then from there, when you find someone, then you're gonna have their information, and then when you get back home, you can kind of sort it out and see what you want to do, and you kind of are actually able to see the product and and kind of get an idea, and then from there, you basically skip Alibaba altogether or AliExpress or any of those, and now you're going directly to them, and uh, and then you can just do the payment thing just like you normally would, and and you know, carry on business, right?
1: Of course, yeah. Yeah,
0: okay, cool. That's awesome. All right. So, um any last little bits of advice that you want to give people before we let you go cuz you spent a ton of time with us and I really appreciate it?
1: Um well, I think um something that I just want to maybe give as a like a tip of advice is Sure. try to get um educated with the lingo. That way I realized there's no website or anything like that where you can learn this, but I mentioned a few terms on the webinar that I did last week. And okay. a lot of people were kind of surprised or had never heard of. And that was kind of shocking to me as well, because you know, you're doing business with China. I just assume that everybody knows, but I forget that I've been doing this for so right. long that it's not really common to know these terms. Right. Right. So, yeah, but, um, Definitely try to try to find out, like, you know, the production process, what kind of samples are required when you place an order to get approved. Um, I know it's difficult, but th- there's, there's a way. I guarantee you, like, if you search deep enough on the internet, you'll find something. And I'll try to look myself, you know, that way I can find information that I can share.
0: Um, yeah, no, that would be great. And if, if you do find anything, just send it my way, and I'll put it on the on the show notes, uh, you know, on this page. Or if you create a page and you want me to point people there, I'll do that too. I, you know, wherever they can get the information, if you can compile it, um, would be helpful um, because yeah. I know, like you said, I mean, people going into this, uh, you know. For the first time it's it's scary you know i mean it is i mean let's face it I mean, and that's why i mean the wire transfers i mean that that kind of scares me even to this point because the way i feel i mean and again i know you're dealing with bigger companies but i'm thinking to myself okay i just send them over five thousand dollars okay it's wire transferred there what happens if i don't get my product
1: yeah that, I-
0: that money is gone right but with an escrow they don't get the money until i approve it and then once i approve it it releases the money
1: yeah, that, you know. that, that definitely is a safer way. And you want to do that first. Yes. If, you, if you can't get to China, that's definitely the way that you want to go. It's a safer way.
0: Yeah, but now, you know, I've been dealing with my agent for this long, and she's kind of, you know, hinting that she wants me to start doing the wire transfer, um, and I keep kind of telling her no, but if it's not that big of a process, like you're saying, if it's just a matter of going to the bank, I've kind of gotten that trust with her, I may do that, and you know what? It might help me out. Maybe she'll knock some money off because I'm doing it, and maybe she's going to pay less or the escrow or whatever, but it it may end up working out, but that's definitely something I think after the trust has been built.
1: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it is less less expensive for her to if you do that. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely knock the price down. Doing okay, that.
0: cool. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Well, I really, I really do appreciate this. This has been really, really helpful. Um, I know people are going to get a ton of value from it. And uh, if they have any questions or anything, do you have a place you want me to point them? Do you have any any uh, website or blog or anything like that? Or if not, maybe they can just come to the, this page and then you can answer it on this page. Um, any any places you want me to point them?
1: Actually, I am in the process of starting a blog. Um, it's going to be approved with corrections. Okay. And that kind of just represents like the whole production process because awesome. a lot of times we approve things with, you know, with corrections in in order to go to production. Mm-hmm. And so it's just an industry term. And I just decided, let me just start a blog and and I'll be posting stuff, you know, to help people as well um, along the way. And I'll, I'll even throw in there like the... The polybag warning information, that's very easy for me to share. It's oh, not, yeah. difficult. um, all, all, all the information that I can share, I'll put it in there.
0: Yeah, do that. And then what I'll do is I'll put a link uh, in the show notes to that exact page too. So if people didn't write that down, and uh, it'll go directly there. So um, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll link that up in the show notes um, to this particular episode. And uh, if anybody asks me too, I'll, I'll point them right to that. So um, that would be very, very helpful to have a n- nice little area. And if you have a blog that's really focused towards this, I think that's going to be useful. Um, I know I'll be visiting it because uh, you know that's a lot of information. Sometimes you might not be at that point, but when you are. Are, you want to have that resource. So yeah, very, very cool. All right. So I really appreciate it. And I know everyone else does. And uh, thank you so much and enjoy the weather in California because the weather here is lousy. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the sunny weather and the palm trees and all that stuff.
1: Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I will.
0: <laughs> all right, Nancy. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: All right. So there you have it. What an awesome interview. What awesome information that Nancy shared with us and like I said I mean I learned a ton on that as well and it's just really cool to be getting the inside scoop uh to you know real big businesses and they're actually doing similar things, just on a larger scale. And to really understand some of these ins and outs uh, are really, I think, going to make it easier for you when you are sourcing. Now, if you wanted to check out more of what Nancy is going to be writing about on her blog and all that stuff, um, you can head over to our show notes for this particular episode, which will be theamazingseller.com forward slash 18, and you'll find all of that over there. I also did an episode a little while back where I kind of walk you through the process of sourcing a product through Alibaba and how to kind of protect yourself and write them, you know, write the suppliers uh, and all that stuff. And that episode is number six. So that would be theamazingseller.com forward slash six. And then you'll find that episode there if you're interested. The other thing is, if you want to ask me a question, all you have to do is just uh, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. And uh, you'll have have an option there to leave me leave me a voicemail or leave a comment and I would love to hear from you. Now if you are one of the ones that left me an iTunes review or feedback, I wanted to personally say thank you, reach out, give you a great big hug. And uh, if you haven't yet if you're new to the show or you haven't gotten around to it yet, do me a quick favor. Head over there and leave me an honest review over on iTunes. That would be awesome. It keeps uh, it keeps us being able to be found. It's just the same thing as Amazon, right? It's a search engine for content. And the more people I can reach, the more people I can help. And that's really what I want to do here. So that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode. I wanted to say thank you again for taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to hearing your success story in the near future and, uh, and sharing it if you would like me to. All right, so that's it. That's going to wrap it up. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Get out there and get things done. Talk to you later.